Hi, Bloomers. It's Wendy, and you're listening to Bloom with Flores. In today's episode, we have a special interview delving into the secrets of staying consistent as we step into the new year. Our guest is Victor, also known as Protein Poppy on Instagram, a seasoned fitness expert with valuable insights on making those New Year's resolutions a lasting part of your lifestyle. Get ready for an inspiring conversation that will empower you to kickstart the year with a newfound commitment to your health. Let's dive in. Hi, Victor. Thank you so much for taking the time to join me in today's podcast. With it being the new year and many committed to their New Year's resolutions, I felt it would be valuable to interview a fitness professional that has the knowledge and expertise in this area. So without further ado, please feel free to introduce yourself. Hello, my name is Victor, and I'm glad to join and uh, give some of my opinions on uh, my world. Perfect. Victor, you were an athlete growing up, correct? Yes. Yes, Could you share a bit of of that side of you? So, yeah, growing up, I was into all sports. Um, My father played sports. My grandfather played sports. So it kind of just trickled down that that chain. Um, I think my top sports were probably basketball, loved baseball, kind of similar to what my dad's patterns were growing up. But number one, I'd say basketball was my was my sport. Uh, That was the one I was most competitive in and the one I had the most love for Uh, still do. Don't play as much, but uh, that was definitely my thing growing up, for sure. Okay. And do you think that being an athlete provides an advantage when it comes to discipline? Yeah, I mean, in terms of structure and, yeah, showing up and having the discipline, uh, growing up, uh, all coaches demand that of their athletes. And it's one of the number one components to being successful is, is maintaining strong discipline, and especially with the habitual side of things, the habits. So yeah, I de- definitely agree. Do you think it'd be something that's acquired or is just something that's innate? For, for, for some, it's innate. For others, it's definitely something that people can work on and get better at. Uh, for me, I was probably in the middle, you know, for the love of the sport, that kind of gave me that the discipline to be better at it. But, you know, there's times where, you know, you get a little lazy a little sidetracked and uh, that's when you really got to lock in and teach yourself you know what these are the habits that are going to create uh success so then you know you lock in the discipline for sure what was the defining moment where you took your focus off of sports and you went into physical fitness well when i was about 19 years old i tore my uh acl and a couple of ligaments in my knee that kind of really, really sidetracked me in terms of the direction that I wanted to go in with, with sports, you know, growing up, I was really athletic, uh, explosive. I was never an endurance athlete. I was more short burst explosive. I can jump really, really high. And that's essentially how I ended up injuring my knee, um, playing. So it, it kind of put me into a little, a little dark place there and, uh, had to reevaluate and reassess. And I kept getting injured and injured, so that transition kind of pushed me towards the fitness side and strengthening. And then I really fell in love with it around, you know, my mid twenties and then made it a profession probably towards the latter half of my twenties and transitioned into just trying to help people avoid the, the trial and error that I went through and kind of give people guidance in, 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 in a better direction in terms of, uh, you know, prehab, injury prevention, things of that nature. Right. So that was a good lesson for me. 
Yeah. So I find that happens a lot with athletes, right? They get injured and then sometimes, you know, they, they stop doing what they love. How'd you overcome that? Like, obviously you went into physical fitness afterwards, but was that your motivation? You know what? It, it was tough. It was tough. It, you know, when I did, when I injured myself, um, and I was still very, very young, but like naive, I should say. So I thought it was all over. I thought it was like, oh, there goes my hopes and dreams. This is something I really love. Now it's all taken away. I couldn't see the bigger picture in the in, in the moment. So there was a, a, a motivational factor in there. I would say inspirational factor because like I kind of was hard on myself. So I really, really, you know, had to get into a good, healthy mental space because I was in a dark place for a little bit there. I had to get into a good space and really push myself. When it comes to those kind of things, it's really like a you versus you moment you know, where you kind of reflect and you sit there and you're like, okay, what am I going to do from here? No one's doing this exercises for me. No one's going to rehab. No one's going to put me in a better place. I have to do it for myself, essentially. So I had one of those aha moments, right? And uh, that was a big driving force to get into either, it was either play sports again or be in, in, in that world, right? Whether if it was a trainer or fitness, whatever, just be in that world. So that was kind of like the driving force behind that. So you obviously had surgery, right? Yes. Yeah. How did you rehabilitate afterwards? It took a while. Honestly, mm -hmm. the physical side of things wasn't the, the, the biggest obstacle. It was more the mental side. Because time passes anyways, and you do get better. Um, tackling physio the right way is, is, is a piece of advice that I give to everybody. Do it right. Do your homework, especially in the homework. Uh, when you leave the physio office, make sure that you incorporate a lot of movement into your life with structure. Obviously, you don't want to, you know, hurt or prolong the the recovery process. But blood flow is always a, a key component to to recovery. So I'm always an advocate of, you know, rest is OK, but resting while incorporating some form of movement and, and getting some life back into whatever the injury is is going to probably accelerate the, the time frame from, from being out. But yeah, I, I, yeah, I just had to get over that mental hurdle of like, it's going to be okay. Yeah. And, and everything else felt followed suit. Okay. So now you're rehabilitated. Um, what are some of the lessons you learned at the beginning of your fitness journey? Maybe some of the do's and don'ts. Uh, it's funny because I probably did a lot more don'ts <laughs> than do's. And it was kind of like a, trial and error thing growing up we didn't have much like social media access as we do now it was just maybe youtube at that time and maybe like a handful of channels to like help guide outside of obviously you doing your own studies and books and stuff but now you have such a plethora of um avenues to to go to to learn to pick up to be inspired that for me it was like you know pick the biggest guy you found on YouTube and hopefully you survive his style of training. So in the beginning, it was a lot of trial and error, but uh, within no time, you know, you figure out that, okay, I'm not that guy. So I'm going to go at my own pace and mm. all started to roll from there. I got into the habit of eating well. I think that was very, very key. Understanding nutrition, understanding, you know, energy in to energy out and looking at food as like an energy source and not over consuming, which a lot of us tend to do sometimes. And, indulging uh, right no indulging exactly so consuming what's needed for my activity level and what I was trying to achieve right so that was kind of the beginning of my my little fitness journey trainer journey I would say 
So I've been following you um, and I see a lot of calisthenics. What would you consider your area of expertise? Oh man, that's a good question. Um, calisthenics in the sense of like, I'm big on like mastering body movement. Number one, you're, before you touch any weights or anything like that. Um, if I was to narrow it down, that's a good question, Wendy. Because <laughs> it's a sprinkle of, of, of so many avenues. Um, I use the term functional movement very lightly because we we all move functionally throughout the day you know we standing we sit that's a squat we move forward we move side to side different angles so I took a lot of my athletic background right so for example with athleticism we talk about stability balance coordination and that's not necessarily emphasized a lot when it comes to your normal training we think very linear right we think very up down forward but in real life we do move side 360 this angle we're always rotating we're moving backwards so I implemented those those factors into my style of training so it's a fusion of functional strength and athleticism trying to promote really like longevity being strong for long I have a plethora of clients that range from you know late teens actually even 10, 11 year olds right now to all the way up to like 80 year olds. And the only thing that changes with the style of training that I do for them is the intensity with the weights, but they all practice the stability, the balance and making sure that those components stick around. Um, I think in the long run, if you want to have longevity, you need to be able to, to, to balance and be, be a stable body, right? So you see a lot of the, my core stability stuff, I'll always highlight that. And, you know, there might be different opi varying opinions on if it's, you know, if it's effective, if it's not, I've seen the results. I've, I've loved the results. I've seen the results within myself, let alone my clients. Cause a lot of the stuff I put them through, I have to run myself through it too. So I'm kind of like that. I'm not very preachy. I kind of, you know, do as I do as I do type of guy. Right. If you yeah. see me or if I'm giving it to, to, for you to do, it's because I've done it and I've put myself through it and it's been a success for me. So that's kind of like, I'm a mixing pot, jambalaya of uh, assortments of movements. And yeah, but I'm proud of it. I'm, I, I like the, the fusion that I've created. So on social media, you go by Protein Poppy. Yes. Very catchy name. Is there a story behind that? Yeah, there is. That's a funny, funny story. So once upon a time when I was working at a commercial gym, uh, maybe about 10 years ago, I would say, there was a group of uh, gym members that, you know, that I was cool with, that I would uh, chit chat with. When I had breaks, I talked to, and I was just starting my, my fitness journey as a trainer. So I was very, very fresh, very, very new. So I was, you know, indulging in conversation. You spend, you know, hours at a gym without having necessarily any clients. So there was time to kill. And I was very big on, on um, protein shakes at that time. So I'd always have a shake in my hand and everybody would, they'd always ask, what are you drinking? Protein shake, protein shake. <laughs> and at that time, I think Instagram just started to like grow and boom. And Drake had the name Champagne Poppy, right? So they would tease me and they would say, you're Protein Poppy. Spanish background. I'm like, you know what? Like it took a while, but eventually I made it the handle for, for, for Instagram and I remember trying to take it away one time because I was like, oh, let me be more professional. Let me put my real name or at least like a, a fitness name. And people wouldn't allow it. 
they're like, whoa, what are you doing? Like, that's you. Like, that's sticking. And honestly, since then, it's it's stuck. So that name has been there since 2014, I would have to say. I can't see myself without that that name. I don't even think people know my name is Victor, to be honest now. <laughs> Either say Poppy or, or Protein P, Coach P. Well, now they know your name's Victor. Um, so on social media, you've built quite the following. Why do you think that is? Back when COVID first started, 2020, uh, I think it was March 16th, if I'm not mistaken, somewhere in that zone, right? I was at a turning point in my life in terms of where I wanted to take my my career um, or if I wanted to continue my career, because obviously, you know how COVID hit all of us, right? Yeah. Especially with the gyms and and I had no business at the time. So I was just stuck in a, in a, between a rock and a hard place and we were all at home, right? And I think at that time, I may have had a couple hundred, if not a thousand followers, maybe. And uh, I would post rarely here and there, little little posts about my style of training or these AM check-ins that I would do with my buddies, like where we would train early in the morning and just post about that, but no real direction or traction on that platform. And then COVID hits and I started to post a lot of like home. We talk about calisthenics, body weight stuff, uh, mobility, thing, uh, mobility stretches, and just exercises that you can do with stuff that you had at home. And I noticed that there, slowly but surely, it started to, to grow. And I remember it started with my friends telling me like, oh, are you posting today? Because I, I, I need a workout to do today, right? I'm like, yeah, you know what? Okay, so at least it's targeting my, my close group of people. They were very active with it. So I'm like, okay, whatever. At least for them, somebody's doing something that I'm doing. So it's helping someone. So then the traction just started to go, started to go, started to go. And in the midst of all that, um, as the growth and it wasn't crazy it wasn't like it just you know took off it was little by little and then i became kind of obsessed with with the numbers of it right trying to study like how does this algorithm work like what's it reading you know i know it reads consistency i know timing of day matters when i post is like when the most when people are most active so i started to to understand the algorithm and use it to my advantage posting more posting more posting more and then the consistency took over and it became almost like second nature. Like as I'm trying to figure out what I'm going to do with my career path, Instagram started to grow. And before I know it, you know, it went to 10 K 50 K hundred K. I think it's at 240 K now. Um, but the one thing I told myself when Wendy from the jump was um, that I wasn't going to let it, you know, consume me. I wanted to, I wanted to make sure that it was transparently who I was and who I am. So, you know, if you notice, I don't really talk too much on it here and there. I show glimpses of, and, um, I think it's just a total package now in terms of the, my growth. Now, uh, the knowledge is there, the consistency is there, the discipline, the, the kind of the, a few of the things that we mentioned already in this, in this, uh, sit down people people feel that so there's a certain level of loyalty there yeah uh, they understand there's return value right because i'm not just the uh, posting you know the the gimmicky stuff shirtless 24 7 using those methods to try to grow because those are so short-lived you know so for me it was like how do i make people keep you know keep coming back to my page right so if i open up one of my posts now like a post that does really good i love that it gets saved seventy thousand times like that blows my 
my mind, but it also humbles me because as I'm doing these little workouts in like a small little corner that I think is my bubble, this thing's going worldwide. And some of the messages that I've gotten, Wendy, have been so beautiful. Like people around the world saying that I, they left their desk job to become a trainer because of the inspo that I provided them. So I told myself, I want to, I want to make sure that I do a damn good job at representing uh, what a good trainer is supposed to be like. And if I grow, I grow, which obviously it has been. So, you know, I'm very happy, but maintaining who I am is very important. Mm -hmm. So yeah, so I put two things together and it, and it, and it worked out. I'm glad that I've been, I've been able to keep it me mm -hmm. and it's grown. I haven't had to pretend to be anything else outside of who I am. Mm -hmm. And like, thank God for that. So I'm, I'm very grateful for that. And I think it's just the, this aura that I kind of give off that that's helped it grow. Because I don't know, you know, other than the consistency stuff, the algorithm, whatever you want to call it, the metrics and the numbers, I know a lot of people that have attempted it and it doesn't grow, right? So it's just one of those, one of those things. Yeah, that... I think you show a lot of passion too, right? So people feel yeah. that definitely when they tune in to watch your videos. Absolutely. Um, so to quench our listeners' thirst, uh, back to the New Year's resolution stuff. <laughs> What are some effective and realistic strategies that you're trying to keep in track with a fitness program? For myself or for clients? Yeah, for new clients, clients that um, that this is part of their New Year's resolution and they want to see some changes in their life, right? And, and they want to stick to something. Okay, so I'll give you two perspectives. Um, in terms of my own clientele, the ones that kind of started the year... I do have a few new faces in there, absolutely, but they kind of already understand what they're getting when they when they join because it's been either through a referral or we've had a sit down. And I'm the I'm the no BS kind of guy. I'm a nice guy, but in terms of like, listen, like this isn't the the fancy stuff that you want to or that you see or that you want to do is not the things that are going to get you to that ultimate goal. It's going to be doing the repetitive things over and over and over and over, right? Time's going to pass anyways. So let's not look at or worry or overthink about, damn, this is a three-month window that it's going to take forever. Am I going to get this change? I'm like, let's plug in daily. You're, I'm, you're, I'm here at least with you. So that's accountability, right? So I'm here with you. So let's get through our sessions. Week to week, we're going to see little changes. I want you to hold on to the feeling first. Hold on to the feeling of what you get when you train your energy levels, how you feel for the rest of the day, right? These are the, 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 the moments that are going to keep you in this for the long run. The results will come. If you, follow the, if you follow the protocol, if you follow what, we're, what I'm preaching to you and what we're talking about, results will come. I promise you that. And it's not like selling a car, Wendy. It's not like, here, look, this is, this is you in three months or four months. So we have to remember that your, people are just taking your word for it. But again, when it comes to me, I kind of have that digital resume of you see where, okay, he's serious. He, he, he's consistent with his work, his clients, he's posts his clients all the time. So I take these people and I, and I sit them down and we mentally prep for the journey first and foremost. And we talk about holding on to, like I said, how you feel like it's just as simple as that, because when they come in there, they're obviously coming for a reason, right? They decided, okay, I can't do this on my own. I need a little bit of help. If Vic's not going to just teach me the things he knows, he's also going to hold me accountable. 
And that's a big factor for some people, right? That's one of the most, if you see January 1st, gyms are flooded. By the third week of January, Wendy, out the window. People yeah. are out, out, done. And by February, March, it's back to em empty gyms, or at least what it was before. So it's very short-lived, you know? I think people overwhelm themselves when they do start that January. I try to always emphasize, like, let's not use a start date. Like, I know it's it's great to have that structure of, like, January 1st is, like, a start date. Try to have that ball rolling because the toughest time is the holidays, right? So you have these two weeks of limbo, I like to say, Christmas, that week between Christmas and New Year's that people call, like, it's just, like, it's a whirlwind. You don't even remember it. But already have some of the habits already whether it's you're already going to a gym sign up in december sign up in november you're already you're already you know starting some kind of regiment the body's already used to it so by the time january 1st comes around you're not doing a million things you know mm -hmm. trying to have the nutrition down packed trying to wake up early trying to work out it becomes a lot yeah and overwhelming overwhelming little by little piece by piece um and set small goals alongside the big goal, which might be, you know, you want to lose 30 pounds. Great. Set little small goals and hold on to the feeling of what it feels like those endorphins that are released, those, those feel good hormones that are released when you work out and hold on to that. And then we just take it day by day and we start chipping away, chipping away, chipping away by me reiterating that through every session or every time we get together, because it is almost therapeutic too, when we, when we are together, by me reiterating that, it helps the process. But I recommend everybody get help first. The best athletes in the world have coaches. They have teams. They have people that help them get to where they wanted to go, right? So there's nothing wrong, you know? It's always an investment in self. And I think when people have that, their own, like, ah, uh, and I say the aha moment, it's like, oh, it's like, this is important for your health, Right? You want to be able to play with your kids. You want to be able to live long enough to see grandchildren or whatever your motivating factor is to live long. But do you want to do you want to do that in a, you know, crippled, decrepit in a wheelchair or do you want to, you know, I've seen 90 year olds that still run. And what and when you have a conversation with them, I never stop training or I never stop movement, you know, so those those things are key to remember. It's what kind of life do you want to live? Hold on to that. And um, yeah, don't overwhelm yourself with a thousand things at once. Pick one yeah. or two, stick to that, get the ball rolling. Once the ball starts rolling, add another thing, right? It takes a certain amount of time for something to be a habit anyways, for it to become a habit anyways. So you're you're already knowing that this is going to be a process. This yeah. is a quick, right? Yeah. That's so, nice. no, thank you for that. Um so I know everybody's day looks different, but what should a typical day look like when you're trying to incorporate fitness into your schedule? Well, if you are, if you are someone that works a nine to five, you don't, for, first and foremost, you don't need to be spending two hours at a gym, right? You can get a lot done in 30 minutes to 45 minutes, right? Even some of my workouts, somebody that's been training for 10 years, I can get away with 45 minutes, right? I have a plan. I go in there. I'm not in there like trying to figure out what to do because a lot of time is either spent wasted on your phone or spent trying to figure out what you're trying to work out because you don't have a game plan going in. Have a game plan. Set aside 30 to 45 minutes. Make it intense. Go hard. Do what you're there to do. And then get out of there and go home. 
So you're taking an hour, hour and a half out of your day, whether you decide to do that. My personal advice is if you can do it first thing in the morning, if that's accessible to you or a, a, a possibility, do it first thing. Then you ride that wave of good energy for the rest of the day. I'm not an evening guy, but I get it. Some people, you know, work works number one, totally understand. But if it's in the afternoon, you know, you got to put into, you got to take into consideration the traffic, all that, you know, just be prepared, just prepare yourself. Right. But don't, don't be in there more than an hour, 45 minutes in and out, go home and, and make it effective, make it effective, have a game plan and make it effective. And uh, I've seen, like some people say they're too busy. I've seen, I've seen it all. I've seen doctors, lawyers, surgeons that make it happen that make it, make it happen. And like I say, they're 24 hour on call people that make it happen. So I, I almost want to say there really isn't an excuse not to get at least something done, you know, two, three times in a week. There really shouldn't be an excuse because again, it's your health and it's longevity that you're trying to pursue. If you're a powerful, strong and able Wendy, that makes a huge difference, not only for yourself, but your family, you know, it radiates, that energy radiates and it carries on. So that yeah. would be my advice for that. Yeah, for sure. So you alluded to the, you know, going in the morning. Yeah. I've heard that the time of day that you exercise also impacts the effectiveness. Is that right? Everybody's so unique. Mm -hmm. I don't think there's necessarily like data that can say specifically that the morning might be better for everyone. There's outliers, right? There's some people that are night owls. There's some people that aren't morning people at all. They just don't operate in the morning. So I wouldn't say force something that's not going to be sustainable, right? If you can only get in the afternoon, get in the afternoon. Um, as long as you're eating what you're supposed to be eating, you're eating structured, and you're getting the workout in, I think the results are going to be there, right? It doesn't necessarily have to be. But again, like I said, my opinion, get it done in the morning. Get it done in the morning just because of the benefits that, like I said, you have your high on energy. Those feel-good endorphins are released. And you got it out of the way. Now you don't have to worry about nothing but getting home from work, taking care of your family, if that's what it is, and winding down. That's mm -hmm. why I don't like doing the evenings myself, because it's like, that's my time to wind down. I start at 5 a.m. with clients. I sometimes finish at 8 p.m. There's no chance that I'm going to be able to squeeze that, that workout at the end of the day. It just, it would not be possible for me. Energy's low, right? Mm -hmm. You know, I like a little cafecito, ca coffee before my, my workout. So I wouldn't be able to do that at 8 p.m., right? Yeah. So I try to get it as early as I, as I possibly can. But any time is, is a good time, as long as you get it in. I think it's, it'll still be effective. So people tend to skip this part a lot when they're exercising. But what are your thoughts about stretching? Uh, I believe highly in stretching. I believe highly in preparation work. Um, what my workout looks like and what I give to my clients when they come in they do their movement prep, so their their warm up. But it's not just a warm up like five minutes walking on the treadmill. It's getting the body moving in the ways that we're gonna move through our lifts, right? So our, through our strength portion. Everybody loves the strength portion. Everybody does the strength portion. The ones we skip on, and usually it's because of time, is the warm up, getting proper warm up, and then the cool down, which that's when you stretch, right? You know, you don't you don't stretch cold muscles before a workout. You stretch when your workout is completely done, focus on your breathing, relax the central nervous system because you just put it through a lot of stress. 
and stretch. And that's when I try to do my stretches, you know, and it doesn't, you don't need to be doing 30 minutes of stretching. You don't need to be doing 30 minutes of prep work either. Like I said, if you have a structured plan, five to 10 minutes prep work, 30 to 45 minutes main strength training and five to 10 minutes stretching. And if you do that three to four times a day, it's, it, 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 it's a compound effect, right? By the end of the week, you stretch 30 to 40 minutes because you've taken those five to 10 at the end of your workout to stretch. Mm-hmm. So it actually pays off just like anything else. It, it piles up and it adds up at the end of the week. Right. Yeah. So yeah, I, I believe highly in stretching and those other components as well, too, as part of any effective program. Yeah. So for athletes looking to improve their endurance and mobility, what sorts of exercises would you recommend? With mobility, I would essentially focus the big, the big areas that everybody likes to focus on are the hips. I think we, we can reflect even athletes, regular people. It doesn't, to me, it doesn't matter. I train everybody as if they're athletes. Like I said, I sprinkle that athleticism into, into training. Um, we do sit a lot. As mm-hmm. you can see right now, we're sitting. For the most part, people have desk jobs. Very, very few individuals have standing jobs or now, you know, they have the standing desk. They're trying to make things a little more productive in that sense, but we do sit a lot. So that sedentary life creates very tight musculature and the hip area is a big problem with that, right? So some of my favorite movements uh, for the hips would be focusing on the functions of the hip. So the hip moves through rotation, internal, externally. It moves through flexion and extension. Flexion is when you bring the leg, the knee up to the chest and extension is when you push the the leg down and extend fully Um, and also adduction, bringing the the leg into the middle midline of the body and abduction, which is bringing the leg to the outside uh, away from the midline of the body. Right. So I just kind of pick those, those uh, functions Mm -hmm. and I work through those functions with movement. So whether hip flexor work, uh, rotation work with the hips, I post a lot about it. So, I mean, there's, there's, there's plenty of movements, out there for those, but focus on those functions, opening up those functions before you you train. And I like to do mobility before my strength workout. Um, cat cows, you know, for your shoulder blades, your scapula, um, playing around with, and there's so many names for them, um, but hip rotation is big. People always feel sticky when they're doing their, their rotations, whether that's internally or externally. And not just mobility alone, but strengthening those functions as well is important, important too, to having strong hips. You know, one of the things, especially with my senior clients, uh, making sure that their hips stay strong, stable is important because as you age, one of the biggest factors of um, quality of life is falling. So once they fall, once seniors fall and a hip goes, 30% 30% of those people end up passing away from that fall, yes. right? Because again, they become immobilized, the hip's gone, and they can't heal the same way, and now they're sedentary for good. So I think it's very important that mobility remains and stays a, a, a part of your protocol in any portion of your training at any age, right? Because the better, the longer the habit, the better. But yeah, I have a plethora of, of favorite moves, but again, hip work, ankle work, shoulder work, you can mobilize or do mobility for all those areas. Yeah. But very important. I definitely preach that. Yeah. 
Do you find that fitness advice provided on social media can be misleading? I mean, everybody's kind of giving fitness advice now, right? Yeah. Yes. I mean, that's a pretty, that's a pretty, I mean, it's pretty straightforward with that because anybody can give advice and where is it that these people are pulling their, and they can lie. You can lie, right? Where are people pulling their, their credentials from, um, you know, they can say they went to here, they got this cert, or they did this and that. And we don't know, like, who are we to, to, to check that? So it's really becomes that it comes down to the individual being able to filter out the BS, what, what's good and what's not. Um, I like, I, I try not to judge too much, like what people post and all that, or at least I don't follow the stuff that's too gimmicky. Um, but if people like individuals like me, I know there's more, and then again, even more qualified individuals that I follow that I'm always reading on and, and studying on that are out there, right? It's just a matter of, and I'll, I'll post about it. You know, I follow this person or I give shout outs. Hey, uh, you know, I just did this workout that such and such posted, go give them a follow, great page, doctors, physios, all that. So it, it really, like my best advice is that to the individual, do your research, right? Because it doesn't take a lot. Go to Google, do your research, find those, those players that do, you know, that do right by their, by their work. They show the passion, they show the consistency and, and yeah, pick and choose your, your, where you get your information from. It, it just comes down to the user, yeah. but there's a lot of great info as well too, just as much as there is uh, misinformation. There's, there's good information out there as well too. Yeah. And uh, last question, uh, how important is sleep for recovery? Probably the most important, probably the most important. That is where the body, I like to say, that's where the body heals itself. That's where all the magic happens is it's in sleep. It doesn't happen when we're awake. We don't repair when we're awake. It all happens when you sleep. And it seems like now, like, like we sit a lot now, there's so many variables just, you know, making us an unhealthy population, but we won't get too deep. Obesity is another one, but sleep is, 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 it seems like nobody can get eight hours of sleep nowadays, you know, and with, you know, laptops, phones, TVs, whatnot, that's keeping us awake. Blue light. Now they're saying like the, the phone's blue light, TV, blue light stimulates the brain. So we can't get into like the, the circadian rhythm winter time. There's no sun anymore. Right. If there's anything you're going to invest into invest in trying to get a good night's sleep. Victor, thank you so much for sharing your knowledge and wisdom with us today. How can people reach you should they have any fitness-related questions or interested in one-on-one -on -one training? They can either go to my socials, protein.poppy underscore on Instagram. Um, you could also reach me on my website, which is launching in the next two weeks, uh, p2performance.ca. Pretty straightforward. Uh, and yeah. And I'm, you can Google me, I'll pop up. So any avenue, pretty much you can find me. Perfect. Any last words you want to say? Uh, movement is medicine. So don't forget that. So it doesn't have to necessarily be exercise, right? It can be walks. It can be dancing. Just don't stop moving, right? There's a, there's a lot of power in it. So stay moving. There you have it, Bloomers. As we conclude this episode, I would like to say thank you to Victor for generously sharing his wealth of fitness knowledge and insights. We'd love to hear your stories. Feel free to share your personal journeys in the comments or via our social media channel. 
Your stories inspire us and help us grow together as a community of bloomers. Stay tuned for more content. And until next time, keep blooming.